shotglassdigital.com. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we take our final not celebrate, not at celebration coverage look. Oh my, Lanta, I messed it up. We're talking Star Wars. It's your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, and yes, 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 it is a Not at Celebration final update, final coverage of our Not at Star Wars Celebration weekend. We missed Saturday, and we missed Sunday due to work and such as, so we're going to wrap it all up here on a Monday night. If you're listening live at Mixer.com slash Goldiverse, we're going to wrap it all up, tie in a neat little bow, and tell you about what's coming down the pipe, not only for Geek Out Loud and Star Wars um, but for, yeah, for Geek Out Loud and Star Wars, <laughs> I don't know where I, sometimes I just start a sentence and I have no idea where it's going to end. And I hope that when we get to the end, it'll have taken me places both magical, mystical, and exciting. However, that last sentence just took me to a place of redundancy. And, you know, sometimes it's good to be redundant, other times not so much. And, 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 and I feel like redundancy is best served in, in itty-bitty portions. Otherwise, you just end up repeating yourself a lot. And who, no one wants to be accused of repeating themselves a lot. No one wants to be accused of repeating themselves a lot. So I try not to do that. But I did. I, I did do that or I stopped doing that. Something happened. Something went wrong. Something got the wires got crossed. Life got confusing there for a moment. In fact, I'm completely confused right now. Hi everybody, I'm Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you on your safe place to geek out on the internet. We're talking the wars, man. We're talking Star Wars. And I have been put in such a a, a hyper Star Wars state of mind over the past weekend. I wasn't at celebration, but I feel in, in many ways like I was. And that is in, in a big part due to StarWars.com and their coverage powered by Verizon of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim this year. They just did a fantastic job. Of course, they didn't show every single thing. They couldn't do that. And there were some panels they didn't show for the sake of 
keeping some exclusivity to the people that were there at the show. And, and I say that's a great idea because the completeness with which they showed the rest of everything else just made up for it. And the, and the stuff they were doing between the times they were showing panels, the stuff they featured, just fantastic job all the way around. And, you you know, to, to have people... Let's be honest, uh, the, the host of Star Wars Celebration weren't planning. When they when they started doing the work they were doing, they were never planning on picking up a microphone and having to jump into hosting duties for a four-day event live, you know, keep conversation going, do interviews. There were a couple of times where they found themselves in interviews and didn't have anything to talk about. But they did a fantastic job. And, um, and that, that was because what I was saying, there was not a criticism. It's just to let you know, they did a great job. And so thank you to starwars.com for that. Uh, and Verizon for powering that bad boy, man, you know, that great sponsorship opportunity for Verizon and, uh, and great coverage by starwars.com. So because of that, I'm just on a, I am on a star Wars. Hi, hi, how are you? And and I and I can't seem to get enough of it. I, from the Force Awakens trailer right on through to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about on this episode. Like so much so that I went to Walgreens today because I knew that the Walgreens in the town where I work would have the things that I was looking for. They'd have the fix that I needed. <laughs> Guys, I'm I'm into the Black Series, as you know, the 6-inch Black Series. And by and if anyone can find a good deal on an R two, a, a six inch series R two D two, let me know because, dang, and what's funny is okay, let's talk about this for a minute. the The first little, the first few waves of that black series, kind of came and went under the radar, and people snagged them up, and now they're trying to sell them for eighty five, ninety bucks, and they're trying to sell R two D two for that. And whenever you go on eBay and it's a buy it now price for eighty dollars. And no one buys it, so you relisted it the same thing. Guess what? No one's gonna continue no one's gonna do it. Just because you're setting the price at that doesn't mean people are gonna pay that much. I will go thirty bucks. That's about it. That's about it. So if you if you know of anyone who's got who who can help me get the get my hands on uh some of those earlier released uh six inch black series figures, let me know. Because I dig these things in a big bad way. In fact, uh new shelves have been purchased. The Star Wars room is actually about to expand into the hallway leading into the Star Wars room um, because I've got to clear some of these closets out and, uh, and, and put this stuff on display where it belongs. I'm telling you, the juices are flowing. The Star Wars juices are flowing in a big, bad way. I don't know why I'm rambling right now. I have show notes that I could follow and be completely coherent and say things like, Thank you so much to those of you who do your shopping at Amazon.com by using the links at GeekOutPodcast.com and GeekOutOnline.com. When you use those links uh, to go to Amazon and do your shopping, it really helps out the shows. We get we we get a kickback of stuff, no extra cost, no hidden fees to you. It just is uh, referral fees for us, and it really helps out a lot. Our, all of our hosting and stuff gets covered by what's done uh, with the Amazon links. And so thank you so much for that. And for those of you who support us uh, directly at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, <clears throat> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, we are, um, I, I am just blown away by your kindness and generosity. Our featured supporter for this episode of Geek Out Loud 
is Brian Gronwald. He's a descendant of a race of Viking gods. Gronwald possesses not only the heart of a warrior, but the skills to back it up. Gronwald, the world smasher, turns his strength and skill on evildoers everywhere, causing them to cower in fear and sometimes pee their pants. That's Brian Gronwald, our featured supporter at geekoutonline.com. You can see the, the entire Goliverse Wall of Fame over there. And thank you so much for your support, Brian, and everyone who supports us at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Hey, not only do I have a lot to say, you guys have got a lot to say, so let's jump into some emails. As we uh, roll along here and jump into the email bags, I'm actually doing something incredibly unprofessional. I'm, I'm trying to get some production done as I talk, which a lot of times is harder than you might think. But, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes a brother just got to do what a brother's got to do. And um, here we go. Uh, Karun is chiming in. Mm, mm. I'm going to save this because we're not here to talk about this stuff yet. <laughs> Robert Cromarty chimes in. He says, Hi, Steve. Loving your not at C7 coverage and your discussion of BB-8. Just wondering if you'd seen this toy. And he gives me a link to a toy. He says, I've got two boys, Ethan 7 and Nate 5. When they were younger, they had this toy. And when I saw BB-8, this came to mind straight away. Fantastic teaser trailer. Cannot wait for the full trailer. Bring on December. And that's from Rob Cromarty in Newcastle, Australia. So, Rob, thanks so much for uh, the email. And you know what? I'd seen this toy around. Um, for those of you who are wondering what in the world toy is Steve talking about, it's a monkey on a ball, y'all. It is a monkey on a ball. And it, it's it's kind of like a mechanical weeble uh, or a musical weeble. Basically, the monkey is in a groove. He's on a... he's. I don't know. Here, I'll put a link in the chat. But basically, it's a it's a monkey on a ball, and the bunk and the monkey never falls off the ball uh, because he's connected to something that went in the ball. And I'll be honest with you, as cool and as fun as this is, and I guess the ball can roll around, and the monkey never really, you know, falls off. You can roll it back and forth, and the monkey won't, you know, flip over or tumble off because he's connected to it. But also at the same time, like he can weeble wobble on top of it. There's a weighted ball within the outer ball, is what I'm telling you. The monkey is connected to on a groove. That's how I initially thought BB-8 might be working, but when you see him and you see the freedom with which that ball's rolling, someone actually sent a um, tweeted a, a link to a graphic uh, of of some uh, of some specs for how BB-8 works. Don't take the magic away from me, guys. Uh, you know, everyone's like, "It's magnets, it's magnets." Fine, it's magnets. Scott Rifen's like, "It's magnets." I've been telling you guys, it's magnets all along. Fine, it's magnets. But you know what? Stop it. Just let me revel in the fact that this thing looks so amazing. If you can make it, if you know how it's done and you can make one, do it. Do it. Just do it. Huh? You hadn't yet, have you? Okay, exactly. I say that to all of you naysayers and all of you people who refuse to be taken in by the magic. That's unfair to Scott. He was taken in by the magic. We, He and I have talked several times uh, in excitement. Michael Smith chimes in from Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Uh, he says, it's Mike from Salt Lake City. Had such a great time at Celebration. I'm praying, praying that the EFX scale replica ships and vehicles are released. They look amazing. I'll try to attach some photos. And he did. 
There was a great amount of quality vintage toys, but pricey, which is why I was unfortunately broke by day three, but still had a blast. And I drove down and tried to make a side trip to Death Valley to find the new Hope shoot sites. But as soon as I got there, a sandstorm stopped me cold. And the only pick I got was a sandstorm right behind me. Looks like the next celebration in the States won't be until 2017, but it will probably be in Orlando. So no excuses for not attending. Love the show as always. And that's from Mike. Mike, thank you. And Mike sends along some pictures, some close-up shots. EFX are, are doing... They're responsible for a lot of the master replica stuff, and now they're doing, and they do props, and, and they've done a few helmets and that sort of thing. Well, now they're doing the studio models uh, of vehicles. They TIE Bomber, ATST, the Millennium Falcon, uh, a Y-Wing were on display at, at Celebration. In fact, this was the first panel I watched with EFX from the behind-the-scenes stage, or the Rebel Force radio stage, if you will. And yeah, they, I mean, like this looks exact. Uh, they got to go in and like take 3D pictures of all of these different models so that they could replicate them uh, for selling. They're probably going to be like mega pricey. But, you know, if somehow I should come into mega bucks um, when they're released, they would definitely be something I would love to add to my collection. They look it looks like you're owning something that you pulled out of the studio that they were filming in studio. It's just, it's fantastic. They look amazing. The EFX, uh, check them out. And, uh, and, and you can find pictures of the stuff all over the interwebs. Um, if you just kind of Google it, EFX, uh, what are they called? Let me, let me get the right thing here. Um, the replica ships, EFX scale replicas. Um, check those out. Ben McMahon chimes in. He says, are you getting Battlefront? And if you are getting it, will it be on PS4 or Xbox One? If that's my only options, I won't be getting it because Steve has neither. I, You know what? I've been thinking about maybe possibly saving up for a PS4, but I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't really game that much. Uh, I would rather just wait until it's out and then watch all the cutscenes and stuff on on YouTube, I just don't do a lot of video gaming anymore these days, um, unless it's Lego games. <laughs> William Malay from Newfoundland, Canada chimes in. St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. He says, hello again, Steve. Just want to say a quick thank you for all your Not at Celebration coverage. It's been fun. It has been so much fun doing this over the weekend, or at least Thursday and Friday. Um, he said, I felt like this year I was okay with not being there between your podcast releases and the Verizon streaming video. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on the Rebel Season 2 trailer and the Rogue One teaser. Lastly, you have a very keen ear, sir. Despite everyone telling you that Mark Hamill's VO in the trailer was unaltered, you disagreed, and you know what? You were right. It wasn't entirely unaltered. As we learned from uh, James Arnold Taylor's interview with Mark on Saturday night, Mark said it was only last week that he recorded his older voice saying those lines at Bad Robot, and they were overlaid on the younger Luke's dialogue from Return of the Jedi for dramatic effect. So the moral of the story in Steve, we trust. All your best. Will, thank you. Thank you for trying to make me seem like I was not wrong. However, I was hoisted on my own petard during the very episode where we were discussing this. And yes, Mark did turn around and say that he had recorded those lines again but they went and used the lines from Jedi, as we discovered the other night. But what you hear is there's the whispering in the background, and that's him 
saying those lines over his old, his younger self. Um, we have another email about this that we'll get to, but so, but I just want us to thank Will for really trying to make it seem like I was right when I was not right. Uh, I thank you, sir. Ryan Camilleri chimes in. He says, I'm still geeking out from a weekend that brought so many great Star Wars reveals. I was unable to make celebration, and your not at celebration updates were fantastic and kept me from being depressed that I could not attend. It kept me from being depressed that I couldn't attend, Ryan. That's the whole thing. Um, that That's why I appreciate so much what StarWars.com did and everyone on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook who was there and the hashtag, this one's for Steve, and and, and just being able to follow all the news through all of my friends that are out there, you got to give a shout-out to Teresa Delgado, to our friend Kay, who's on our A-team for Rebel Yell, Eris Shonavice, who uh, really spearheaded the hashtag This One's for Steve movement, Travis Fishburn was out there, John Lowe, Swinimer was out there uh, giving some updates here and there, all those guys, and I'm sure I'm missing some people. Uh, my friend Steve Mitchell, a uh, member of the 501st, uh, popped a few uh, updates up, up up for me. Riley and Bethany Blanton from the Star Wars Report. Uh, just so many great people just making sure that none of us, known, none of us, known, none of us were left behind. And, um, and it really helped me not be depressed that I wasn't there. Kudos to Lucasfilm as well for making so much content available to those at home and putting The Force Awakens, Rebels, and Battlefront trailers online immediately. I thought my hype had reached its peak after the Episode 7 trailer, but that Rebel Season 2 trailer put me over the moon. Vader, Ahsoka, Rex, Hondo, it's insane. I can't wait to see what appears to be two new Inquisitors. I've seen speculation that the masked female might be Mara Jade, but I wouldn't bet on it. Nor would I bet on that, sir. We'll talk about it. Ryan does talk about it. He says the smart money would be on either Asajj Ventress or Barriss Offee. Mmm... We'll talk about it. But that's not the point of this email. I had thought Celebration would be the place for them to show off a theatrical poster for The Force Awakens. I believe there was confirmation that the great Drew Struzan would be coming back to make a new masterpiece. I have not heard that. If that's the case... I mean... Yes, please. Thank you, sir. May I have another? That kind of thing. Man, I'd love to see Drew Struzan come out of retirement to do that. Uh, I know it doesn't seem like much after the amazing reveals of the weekend, but it would be great to have something official uh, from this movie to hang as we impatiently endure the next eight months. I'm sure it's coming sooner than we think, Ryan. It would give us another glimpse at the characters. Perhaps that will be their reveal for Comic-Con. I don't know. I think that Comic-Con is a little bit later than what a normal poster reveal would be. Uh, I think we may see it as soon as Star Wars uh, weekends down in Disney. The point is... What I need in my life right now is some beautiful artwork from my most anticipated movie to hang in my home and office and maybe a small one for the car and obviously to save as my iPhone wallpaper. And that's Ryan from Boston. I'm wondering if there's someone in the chat that can confirm or deny Drew Struzan's, um, Drew Struzan's work, maybe? Uh, here we go. Scott, Scott Rifen on the ball. Thank you, Scott. Drew Struzan, the man behind every, not every iconic Star Wars poster, but this is from comicbook.com, um, says, uh, it says he's, he's behind every iconic Star Wars poster. Not, not necessarily. 
has reportedly agreed to helm Star Wars The Force Awakens official poster, Struzan, while officially in retirement, has reportedly been in contact with Force Awakens director J.J. Abrams about taking one final journey into the galaxy far, far away. According to reports, Abrams himself contacted Struzan about painting another Star Wars poster, and Struzan agreed. But until any official announcements or image reveals are made, it's best to still treat this news as rumor. Struzan is known for his painted movie posters and increasing rarity in the digital age where many posters are made from computer editing software. You know what? Straight up, if they do a hand-painted kind of situation in, in the vein of Struzan, if they can't get Drew Struzan to do it, Alex Ross, I think, would be the best way to go. Um, and do I, I love the old hand-painted looking posters those special edition posters come to mind that were beautiful those were drew struzan i think did he do someone correct me if i'm wrong did he do the prequel posters um the main ones the 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 ones with the characters in them um lucasfilm limited has does have some drew lookalikes that are pretty good rifen is saying yes he did do those uh those prequel posters. Thank you guys for that confirmation in the chat. That's what I love about you guys. You keep me on my toes and you keep me, uh, you keep me straight in what I'm talking about. So I, look, Indiana Jones posters, Muppets he's done. And this is stuff that's in my wheelhouse, by the way, but the beautiful, beautiful work by this guy. And if he comes back to do episode seven, I'm all for it. It's still rumor right now. Um, but man, what a beautiful rumor it is. Uh, I would love to see him do it. But if he can't, you know, get someone like an Alex Ross or somebody to do these posters. Th that's my one criticism of a lot of the Marvel posters, or all of the Marvel posters, is they're all, like, Photoshopped. Um, I'm not a fan of the way that they've done their movie posters. Just straight up. Not a big fan at all. Um, <clears throat> because... Just because you, it's just you know you can tell they're just kind of photoshopping in people's images and so, I don't know, never dug it, never liked it that much. So I, I hope that they go this route with the poster for the Force Awakens and the rest of the Star Wars posters. And just knowing um, the way that Abrams has approached this whole process wouldn't surprise me if they approach it that way as well. Uh, Sabrina Little Miss Ellis chimes in. She says, "Hey Steve, just wanted you to know, uh, just wanted to send you the trailer reactions from my kids." Uh, for the Force Awakens teaser. My two-year-old Scarlet, as Force is my witness, I'll never miss celebration again, who only watches Princesses and Mickey Mouse, gasped and said, It's Star Wars, Mommy. I see Star Wars. Grandma, I see Star Wars. Pretty good for only seeing the destroyed Vader helmet. She can't avoid the wars in this house, even if she never pays attention. My five-year-old Tristan was freaking out about the Crash Death Star, or Crash Star Destroyer and hearing Luke. I asked what he thought... Luke said, or why he thought Luke said his father has the force since his father is dead. Get this, everybody, from a five-year-old, because he's a force ghost mommy like Obi-Wan. Out of the mouths of babes, Steve. Exactly. That's what I've been saying. He also asked if we could buy a little BB-8 because whoever owns him in the movie wouldn't want to give him up. He now gives the rebel yell like Poe Dameron when he's driving his pretend X-Wing Lightsaber duels at our house are always scored by a full orchestration version of Duel of Fates as hummed by a five-year-old. In his words, how will we ever live until Christmas? That sums up my feelings pretty nicely, too. And that's from Sabrina. I love it. How will we ever live until Christmas? <laughs> One day at a time. One day at a time, Tristan. You hang in there, buddy. Me and you both. 
I'm glad you I'm glad you schooled your mom on the whole Forest Ghost thing because that's what I was saying. Is that that's how he's saying my father has it because his father is a Forest Ghost like Obi Wan and now Yoda. So I think people are going to be shocked. And I'm calling it. I'm calling the moment that's going to tick everybody off who hated the prequels when we see Hayden Christensen in Force Ghost form talking to his son, Luke Skywalker. So, um, 150 bucks for a BB-8 toy? Where does that... Link or it didn't happen. Oh, we got a link. Look at this. This is uh, from our from the hero, Doc Zen. One of the best people you'll ever want to meet in your life. Doc Zen. Star Wars BB-8 toys coming rumored at $150 price tag. Oh, like a working toy. Okay. Listen, they've released some uh, remote control R2s and stuff that have been even more expensive than that. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, wouldn't surprise me. Um, moving right along. That's from Sabrina. Thank you, Sabrina and Tristan. Thank you, guys. And Scarlet. Moving right along here. I got to get back to the thing. Phil Martin, who got me fired up about this whole Mark Hamill thing. He says, Mark Hamill, VO, Mia Culpa. Okay, 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 says Phil. So listen to Mark Hamill's interview with James Arnold Taylor. We are all right about Mark Hamill's voiceover, old and new. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I'm, I am man enough to admit that I was wrong because let's be honest, the voice about which we were speaking is the one that is the most clearly heard. So I was wrong. Uh, the rearranging of it, the pausing between it, the separating it out from seeing it is what threw me off. And so, you know, I thought there were differences that were not there because I don't have the keen ear that I was told that I have. So, uh, so no, you were right, Phil. And I have been hoisted upon my own petard. It was a mixture of original recording and new recording. It did overlaid on top of each other to create a weird reverb effect. Mystery solved. However, Steve, what was driving me nuts is watching the analysis of folks wondering who Luke Skywalker is talking to in the trailer. The answer, no one, people. Nobody. The dialogue will not appear in The Force Awakens. If that were the case, Hamill wouldn't have recorded the dialogue brand new last week, as he said. Phil, I feel like you're... Conclusion may be sound, but but the way you're getting there is not. We don't know what kind of ADR he's been in the studio or any of these guys have been in the studio doing. Uh, they may have called him in to do some ADR for some stuff. Usually that's later in the game. We all know that, but it's not it's not you know too far out there that maybe you know if he wanted to drop some ADR for the trailer that sort of thing. I don't think this dialogue will appear simply because, well, you know, it maybe, and it might, it may very well might appear in some variation. I'm in, what's really, what's really interesting to me is this, you're, guys, have you seen that, that whole storytelling, the ring theory of storytelling, um... It, there's a there's a whole essay about it at uh, StarWarsRingTheory.com. Mike Climo Climo has has written this this great essay where he compares uh, the shots of you know these different movies and and whereas we know that like a song 
in a poem, you have some stuff in stanzas and choruses repeated. But also, you find out there may be something deeper at work there where, like, if you start at one point and you go around a ring, you end up back at the point where you started. And that these movies may have been filmed also, and, and the story may have been told so that there's stuff reflecting Return of the Jedi in Phantom Menace more than just A New Hope. Uh, clones and Empire would line up, and then, oddly enough, <laughs> oddly enough, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope would kind of be closer together than you may think. In fact, when you look at the order in which we leave our cast in Revenge of the Sith, we are introduced first to, or, or the la we see at last um, R2 and 3PO. Jeez, how does this work? Anyhow, my point is this. R2 and 3PO, then Leia, Luke, Vader. I can't remember if it's just that way. Some, I worked it out some way. I got to go back and watch it and see. But anyhow, the point is this is that this ring theory is really interesting, and there's a lot I'm seeing in this trailer that tends to start us back off at that Return of the Jedi point. You know, the Return of the Jedi swung back around, and there we are. And so, you know, uh, the just... I'm getting tongue-tied here because I'm so excited about this whole thing. From that voiceover to something as simple as, look at the structure that when when the Falcon's flying through that Super Star Destroyer, and it is a Super Star Destroyer, someone sent a nice sent me a nice diagram of how those engines play out, and it's, it's a Super Star Destroyer that's basically upside down, um, laying on its back into um, in, into the uh, oh my lord, what is this person? Sorry, everybody, I believe we've got um, we've got a bot. So, hold on just a second. Boom. I'm blocking you, Simao bin Sayar. You are blocked. And deleted for spamming the chat, sir. And I'm not I'm not going to even edit that out because I want everyone to know that if you bring uh if you bring in your spam stuff, poor guy just wanted to wife. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, anyway, <clears throat> that's a that's a super starter story. But the, but look at the look at the structure in it. it. I mean, it looks like they're flying into the Death Star too. It, there's a lot of neat symmetry there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really, I, I'm just excited about this whole prospect. But anyhow, I, I feel like that maybe we're kind of getting into some of that ring theory again. Who knows? Uh, during the live streaming that I'm sorry, Phil, I interrupted you. Go ahead. During the live stream on Thursday, they had four guys watching the trailer and breaking it down shot by shot. And they were amongst those wondering who Luke is talking to in the trailer. Well, he was talking to Leia. Remember guys, we saw it already. It was from the return of the Jedi. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's what was really getting under my skin. I was shouting at the computer screen. The dialogue is from Jedi. Thanks for letting me rant. That's Phil from Georgia. Phil, I agree with you in a lot of ways. I remember after revenge of the Sith, if you remember that trailer, for Revenge of the Sith, it opens up, you know, with for over a thousand years, the Jedi were the guardians of peace and justice and the, before the dark times, before the Empire. And then you have the... Lord Vader. 
Yes, master. Rise. You know, and all that good stuff. Everyone's got to do their own thing. Well, when you watch Sith, that dialogue's not in there that way. He says Lord Vader during that scene, but he's talking to him, and he says he uses the term rise when he's talking to Darth Vader back in the... uh, Back in the uh, in the uh, in his office when when Anakin turns, here's the thing. Ian McDermott might have gone in and recorded Lord Vader rise. You know he might have done that. Great, or they might have just clipped together some words. You know uh, from the rest of the dialogue. But I saw this guy. Uh, it was it might have even been. I don't know if it was Midnight Madness or just after the Midnight Madness. No, it would have been after the movie came out. Midnight Madness was out before the movie was. Anyhow, I bumped into him in a toy aisle, and he's like, oh, you like Star Wars? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, me too, man. I really liked it. I really like this movie. You know what I was really disappointed about? Is they didn't have that cool line in there where he says, Lord Vader, rise. And I'm like, yeah. And I started to explain to him, like, audio editing, but he just didn't get it. He just had this blank look in his eyes. I'm like, okay. There's always going to be people who think that every every word you hear in a trailer you know, from some disembodied voice is going to be. I'm sure there are people who, who are wondering whether this is... In a world guy is where he's at in the movie. In a world. I'm sure the people are wondering where... Wait, where's that guy that's always talking about in a world? Why wasn't he in this movie? He's in every single preview I've ever seen, but he's not in this movie. Why, where is he? Where's the in a world guy? I'm just saying. So, Phil, you were right. I was wrong. But uh, but I would have completely agreed with you 100%. If you would have just said, this isn't going to be in the movie, I would have said, you're probably right. But there may be some form of that dialogue in the movie. Aaron says, will there be a DVT Rebel Yell episode discussion season two trailer? Probably not, because most of the Disney Vault Talk crew has seen the season two premiere, Aaron. Um, I will be talking about it on this episode. Uh, Looking forward to the return of Disney Vault Talk and Rebel Yell. So am I, Aaron. And that's from Aaron Henley. Um talking some uh wanting to talk some rebels and we will oh my we will justin wiseman chimes in says just want to write and say that you've done an outstanding job on covering star wars celebration well thank you even though the next one is london i'm going to try to make it to the next stateside celebration as am i justin i finally got around to catching up on rebels and it's a fantastic show what are your hopes for season two also i never really watched the clone wars but want to dig into the essential episodes with ahsoka could you kindly give me a few must watch episodes thanks for all you do Justin watched all of them. Uh, they're on Netflix. It's an easy watch. Um, watch all of them. Watch. Uh, the, there's a Leland Chi has put up a great chronological order. I, you know, I'm not going to go with essential episodes for so. You got to watch all of them. You got to watch the series because you're going to fall in love with so many different characters. Some characters are only in one episode. Some that are in several episodes. You're you're going to find out that you really dig the show, and as the show goes on, um, you you're going you're going to like it more and more. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Justin. Spend the time, take the time between now and the time that uh, Rebels premieres in the fall to to go do your Clone Wars watching. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Jimmy in Georgia sends us our final email. He says, "Steve, these are my initial reactions to the Force Awakens teaser too." Uh, this is the trailer I was looking for. The music, the visuals, the voiceover, the original trilogy actors, and awesome action made this trailer much more meaningful to me. The image of a downed Star Destroyer was amazing, which was reminiscent of the Force Unleashed. 
Luke Skywalker's voiceover was great and definitely added to the nostalgia of this trailer. Seeing a melted Darth Vader mask was interesting. Watching the action sequences was amazing, including seeing the, fly, the Falcon fly through the wreckage, presumably of a downed Star Destroyer. It's a super Star Destroyer. Finally, having Han Solo say, Chewie, we're home, was fantastic. It almost made me cry. It did make me cry, Jimmy. I want to go back to a couple of things here. You said reminiscent of the Force Unleashed. I was watching the Legos panel, the, the Droid Tales panel, and at one point in one of the things they were showing, there's a Star Destroyer, and Yoda jumps up into the foreground and starts and grabs the Star Destroyer with the Force. And just like, I mean, it's the same, it's almost an identical shot from The Force Awakens where he's doing that. But instead of crashing the thing, uh, he takes it apart and spins it around and makes like the Star Wars Lego uh, uh, logo out of it. So, um, the Darth Vader mask, the melted Darth Vader mask, is interesting. Darth Vader, Darth Vader mask, is interesting. Darth Vader is a whole different character. He's from. Uh, <laughs> He's from that uh, that X-Wings movie that Pixar's doing. I'm just kidding. If you haven't seen that little parody thing, it's pretty pretty good. Um, I, listen, this trailer did make me cry. Uh, P.S. The Chrome Trimmer Help It Guy reminds me of the Shockmaster for WC. Oh, Jimmy, why did you do that to me? Oh, man. Now I'm not going to be able... When I see Captain Phasma, I'm only going to be able to think the Shockmaster. If you don't know who the Shockmaster is... Just Google Shockmaster WCW. It's a funny moment where this new character was supposed to be amazing, and he comes out and fall, he busts a hole through the wall and falls down into the set, and, and basically they glittered up a Stormtrooper helmet for him to wear. <laughs> what in good stuff. Uh, he says, here's a Star Wars question. I don't remember hearing anyone discuss this. Why didn't or couldn't Obi-Wan feel Anakin's pain in Attack of the Clones? Yoda could feel it, and even Qui-Gon from the dead could feel it. Is it because of the Shroud of the Dark Side? Well, consider what Obi-Wan was doing at the time. Obi-Wan was on mission. Obi-Wan was uh, really tuned into what he was doing to figure out the whole thing about this clone army. And I think by the time, definitely by the time that Anakin was on Tatooine doing his thing, Obi-Wan was tied up in Geonosis trying to conceal himself. Uh, he'd probably kind of drawn into himself a little more to try to stay hidden. Um, and, uh, and in fact, you know, while Anakin was handling the stuff with his mom, Obi-Wan was getting attacked by destroyer droids maybe or right around the same like it was all happening right around the same time so everyone's a little bit distracted i also think that there's some yoda was was uh yoda was meditating at the time mace windu didn't feel anakin's paint uh he just noticed something was wrong with yoda when he came and sat down uh qui-gon is going to be from beyond the grave very in tune with what's going on with Anakin. Uh, this was Qui-Gon's dying wish that Anakin be trained as a Jedi. So, um, Obi-Wan could feel it when Alderaan was destroyed. I felt a great disturbance of the Force as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were silenced. Could he not feel Anakin's pain because Anakin had learned to hide things from Obi-Wan in the years between the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones? I think it has to do with more of what I say. When Listen, as a Jedi... 
when those millions died, he was definitely going to feel that shakiness and that that tremor and disturbance throughout the forest. That's living beings being cut down in an instant. Uh, and if you notice, it wasn't that he just felt it. It's that it it was a gut punch to him in the same way that the Jedi dying in Revenge of the Sith was kind of a gut punch to Yoda. So, yeah, I definitely feel like it has uh, more to do with, with Obi-Wan just being distracted with his mission at the time than anything else. So, all right. Um, <clears throat> and Carissa says it well in the chat, when focused inward, one is, since others, one cannot. So, there you go. Uh, Dylan Newhouse says, I think the living force tells people what they need when they need it. So, um, good points all. Good points all. Uh, that's our emails. You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com, and we appreciate everyone who does so. Um, and I've got to, uh, you never know what you're going to hear on this thing when we when we get when we get to busting stuff out um so uh we're gonna take a quick break when we come back it's our uh star wars not at star wars celebration coverage the conclusion we're going to talk about that rebel season two trailer we're going to talk about uh rogue one we're going to talk about hot wheels we'll be back after this
in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures of all time are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends has banded together to take on these iconic movies. This year, we're exploring some of our favorites from 1984 and 1985. Each month, we tackle two to three movies and talk about why these are the films that will endure forever. In February, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and Nightmare on Elm Street. March, 16 Candles, and The Breakfast Club. April, Conan the Destroyer, Commando, Red Sonja. May, The Goonies, The Explorers. June, Amadeus, and Muppets Take Manhattan. July, The Never-Ending Story, Return to Oz. August, The Terminator, Back to the Future. September, Karate Kid, Rocky IV, Teen Wolf. October, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, A View to a Kill. November, Starman, Enemy Mine. December, Revenge of the Nerds, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and Weird Science. From time to time, we'll also skew off from the regular timeline and release special episodes, but only if we feel like it. And you'd better believe we feel like it. Find us on iTunes as the 30-something Movies Podcast. On Twitter, we're at 30podcast. That's at 30podcast. And on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash 30podcast. Come with us if you want to relive your favorites. Generation Star Wars is speaking up and sharing its story. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm David Michelini. I'm Tom Panneries. I'm Steve Glosson. I'm Matt Hunsworth. I'm Scott Gardner. I'm Ryan Shaw. I'm Paul Herman. I'm Jimmy Mack. I'm Ryder Waldron. I'm Justin Bulger. I'm Joseph Tavano. I'm John Jackson Miller. I'm Concetta Parker. I'm Steve Sansweet. And this. And this. And this. Is my Star Wars story. Is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. Monthly at mystarwarsstory.com and available in the iTunes store. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a boy, I need no sympathy. Easy come, easy go, little high, little low. Anywhere the wind blows, doesn't really. 
Everybody. Yeah. Kickstart my heart from the inner start. Wow. Yeah. Baby. Yes, sir. We're back on Geek Out Loud. I tell you what, that's the unofficial house band of the Goliverse, Rock Sugar. And uh, I don't know why I don't always just play them to get things going. Not going to lie to you guys, I was really drowsy, really tired coming into this thing. And when I play Rock Sugar, it just kind of... what? It's what they... It's the Motley Crue song in which they sing here. It kickstarts my heart. Gives it a start. Whoa, yeah, baby. So, Rock Sugar, check them out. RockSugarBand.com at RockSugarBand on Twitter. I don't know if they're still playing or, or what, but uh, let them know you heard about them on Geek Out Loud. Woo! Heart, give it a start. Oh, yeah! In a very cheap and blatant segue, I'll tell you what else kickstarted my heart, was the entirety of Star Wars Celebration this past week. Let's get into some things. When last we left off, we talked about, uh, is it Battlefront or Battleground? I always get confused. Star Wars Battlefront. Um, and, uh, and, and And just looking at the footage of that, it looks amazing. These are games that I can never figure out how to play or play well and can never get good at, and so I probably won't be playing it. But I, I think it looks, um, I think it, it looks amazing. It just looks out of this world. And there's going to be that free downloadable content coming. The Battle at Jakku, Gazuntite, uh, is coming to kind of really lead into uh, the Force Awakens. And there was an interesting scene. <sighs> I haven't been able to find it since I saw it the other day watching. There's this weird, interesting scene where someone's looks to be on indoor, you know, and it looks to be possibly uh, someone from the Force Awakens walking around on what looks to be indoor. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. All right. So that's where we left off. Saturday, guys, I, you know, I'm not going to get into my life story. I was working Saturday. I was watching things as I could, and um, Mylanta, that the Rebels two, the Rebels uh, panel, uh, Dave Filoni and um, Simon Kinberg, along with the cast of Rebels, Freddie Prince Jr., Vanessa Marshall, Steve, um, Steve Bloom, um, Taylor Gray, Tia Sakar, were all there. They were talking about their experience working on Rebels this past season and what they were looking forward to with season two and uh well they showed a little bit of a trailer let's let's roll that beautiful bean footage i don't know why i still do that that is an outdated commercial let's just here's the trailer things are getting worse just as they did back when i was your age but back then 
There were 10,000 Jedi Knights protecting the galaxy. Now, there's just you and me. <laughs> we rob from the Empire, give to the needy. A noble cause. Yeah. I'm on my mark. Gotcha. Mission accomplished. Lord Vader. Yes, Master. The rebels in the Lothal system. Hunt them down. As you wish. Fighter, coming in at Mark III. We've lost Phoenix 1 and 2. We will squeeze Lothal until someone reveals the whereabouts of these traitors. For the good of Lothal, we have to leave. All right, if I tag along? The more the merrier. Fighting alongside soldiers isn't what I signed up for. We are fighting a bigger fight. We can't just run. Ezra, we were lucky to survive. The fear. The anger. The hate. I haven't sensed a presence like that since... The Clone Wars. My name is Rex. Captain. 501st Clone Battalion. I fought with Commander Tano during the Clone Wars. And a friend of hers is a friend of mine. Everyone, hang on! Good news, we are off on an adventure! Rex, keep those ties off our back! Working on it! Surrender or be destroyed. I hope you brought a better class of soldier than the stormtroopers. They'll all be coming now. I'm not afraid. That's what worries me. Your master has deceived you into believing you can become a Jedi. gentlemen this trailer is just fantastic so much happening so much going on at the panel after they showed the trailer they brought out not only not only uh did they bring out uh ashley Eckstein, who's reprising her roles as ahsoka tano but they brought out d bradley baker who is returning as rex and guys no lie as i was watching that panel and here comes d bradley baker out I got choked up I, just because, you know, I really kind of assumed, well, we'll just say Rex was there at Order 66 and he was with Vader as he marched in on the Jedi Temple. You know, it never really, 
dawned on me that Rex would have gotten away because Cody didn't. Cody turned on Obi-Wan like on a dime turned on Obi-Wan. So it's really interesting to see that. And, and Dave Filoni shed a little bit of light uh, on the fact that, you know, if you watch the Bad Batch arc on Netflix, you, you kind of see, or I don't know if it's the bad, I don't know what it's called. It's the, it's the arc, it's the Order 66 arc where the clone goes crazy and, and, and everything. He says it's all there, but man. Mm. And so I think that uh, what we'll see is is how Rex avoided the control of Order 66 along with a couple of other troopers that are with him. They're living on some planet that looks like the Void. It looks like very much like it could be the Void where we saw Mieber Gascon and those droids walking around in a big old retrofitted AT. TE, you know, the big walkers from the Clone Wars and um and Adats just tower over those things. So we're gonna see Adats versus that. We're gonna see clone troopers versus stormtroopers. We're gonna see um ugh. we're gonna see the, the the trailer the trailer starts out feeling like Rebel Season One. You know, well we're robbing from the Empire to give to the needy. That's a good cause. You know, we're just good old we're just a happy go lucky group of rebels, just, you know, really just causing problems for the Empire here. And then all of a sudden Vader shows up and Vader wipes out some fighters in a in, in a squad some A Wing fighters at that in his TIE fighter. In Vader's TIE Fighter that we see in Star Wars. And then man I don't know how anyone is going to live. He has his hands around the wrists of Kanan. And Kanan's about to get his hand chopped off. There's no getting around it. Kanan is about to get his hand chopped off by Vader. And the whole trailer ends with Vader using the Force to push Ezra's lightsaber closer and closer to Ezra's throat. They're going to die. The only way they're saved is is Ahsoka jumps in the last minute to save them both. And Ahsoka gives her life for them to escape. Um, that's, that's really what I think we're going to see happening. And Ahsoka knows, man. Ahsoka knows that he is... Ahsoka knows, is going to know. She's going to have to know that that's Anakin under there. This, this whole second season is going to be fascinating. But I tell you what, I was... Um, I was just like shouting at the people who were asking questions because they're all asking like Clone Wars questions. There were a couple of kids who asked some cute questions and one girl asked who the voice of Chopper was. And Filoni, I don't know why this is being such a well-guarded secret, but Filoni got up and he walked over to her and he actually whispered it in her ear um, because he didn't want to avoid the question. And then a young man, a little boy, asked another question and, and that's where he gave the whole Rex answer and everything. But at the end of the day, no one asked about those two Inquisitors we see. We see two Inquisitors. We see a bigger guy and then a slighter female character. And that's where the emailer earlier on had the uh, had the theory about, um, about who that may be. And I don't know. I'd, I've not heard any specific details out of the season two premiere. So I can't speak with any authority. A lot of people are jumping to Barris Offie being the female Inquisitor. I don't know about that. I feel like they imprisoned Barris Offie, and as soon as Order 66 dropped, they killed Barris Offie. I don't think that Barris Offie got a chance at life. Um, she was too well-trained as a Jedi. 
she might have gone down the dark path, but I don't think that the Emperor looked at her and said, well, this is someone I want on my side. I think he just looked at her and said, kill her. Um, I think with these Inquisitors, they're people that he's had his claws in longer uh, than than what he would have with, with Barriss. So um, some people are saying Asajj. It could be Asajj Ventress. I'm not... I'm not sure. It could be a completely new character. I, I don't. I think Asajj would be closer to right than Barris. Some people are saying Mara Jade. That's the first, actually the one emailer said that he'd heard Mara Jade. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. I I don't know if if that if they would slap George Lucas in the face that way. <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be Mara, Mara Jade. I think that maybe... I think Ventress may be too old. Yes, too old to begin the training. Maybe too old at this point. Mm, it could be someone new. But if we're going to go... If, 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 you, if you back me in the corner and say, who do you think it is? I'd probably say Barris over Ventress. Just because Ventress, I think, would be too old. I would never guess Mara Jade. So... I'm going to say it's Barris Offie, um, who's who's been turned into an Inquisitor. The big dude, we don't know. He's just an Inquisitor. Uh, he, he is imposing. Neither one of them seem to have the refined edge that the Inquisitor that we knew in Season 1 has. Just And this is me just seeing seconds of them on screen. The big guy looks kind of like a big brutish guy. Um and and the, and the female has got her Cobra Commander mask on, so I'm sure she's silent most of the time. And the reveal is going to be a big deal. Uh, she's got some little droids running around with her. Uh, some people are saying they wonder if we'll see Darth Maul as an Inquisitor. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Maul's story really wrapped up uh, conclusively in Rebels. But you never know. Uh, I'm just looking at what we saw on the screen in, in the teaser. I'm really excited about it. I, I didn't realize how emotionally attached I was to some of those characters in the Clone Wars, particularly Rex, until, and it was really D. Bradley Baker coming out onto the, because here's the thing, when I was watching the panel, for some reason the sound was monked up on their feed into the the streaming stuff, and so there was no voice, no voice sounds coming through, so it looked like there was just music and sound effects with, uh, you know, just with not really being able to hear what the characters were saying. And when I saw those people walk out, I'm like, that looks like Rex. And everyone cheered. I'm like, well, everyone must think that's Rex. Like, I think that's Rex, you know. And sh But they heard his voice there in the panel. And so when he came out, it just really kind of caught in my throat. I'm like, this is this is amazing. This is good. So, um, so I don't... I don't think it was delivered. I think it was something with the with the way the channels are done in there, you know, with their with their surround sound and and not being all run into uh, whatever plug they had to run the uh, run the sound out of. So I don't know. I'm this just I am looking forward to Rebel season two. It can't get here quick enough. This is this is what's so crazy right now. It's like, oh, December can't get here quick enough, but neither can the fall get here quick enough. Tomorrow can't get here quick enough. I recognize that I am demanding, demanding, demanding that we get things now, and I've not talked to anybody who has 
seen season two premiere about the season two premiere. I've said that a thousand times. And, and I started out at the beginning of the thing saying, there's no need to be redundant. But here I am with redundancy. So I'm, I'm interested, and I didn't want to bother anyone tonight because everyone's getting home from celebration. I know the kids got home this morning. They flew into Atlanta this morning and immediately had to go and get started with finals week. Um, so there's no... <clears throat> There's no, uh, you know, you just don't want to bother people. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to be like, uh, hey, hey, why, let's talk about Rebel Season 2. Come spoil everything that you saw for us. I don't want to do that. So we'll wait till the fall to see it. I will get spoiled privately by these people and make sure they tell me everything uh, because I don't care. I want to know what we find out. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Rebels. Uh, now Dylan says, wow, Dylan, is this from, this is the first thing I've heard. This is the first time I've heard this guys. This is news that didn't get to me. Jason and Dylan, both in chat say one hour premiere this summer, then regular episodes in the fall. So, um, all right, that sounds great. So they're going to do the premiere movie again, which is cool. That's how they did the season one thing. So that's cool. Thank you guys for that information. I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do, guys. I never do this, but I'm going to accept your, your statements. Jason and Dylan in the chat. Everyone, if I'm wrong, it's not me. It's on Jason and Dylan in the chat. But I'm going to accept what they say is truth because they would never come on and try to deceive me. Not both of them at the same time. So thanks, guys, for that information. That's information that I did miss, and I appreciate you guys getting that to me. I've actually gone way out of order as to what I was going to talk about as I'm looking here at my uh, <laughs> at my notes, at my show notes. Um, I, they didn't show the Hot Wheels panel uh, that Jason and Jimmy Mac uh, moderated with the, uh, with the Mattel people, but they did have an interview with the guy from Hot Wheels, and he was showing off all the cars and stuff that they had. And he showed off this new line of Hot Wheels that's coming uh, out after or in, in the fall. And they're doing they're not just doing cars. Now, if you haven't seen the Hot Wheels cars, you should Google them because they look really, really cool. They're really good-looking vehicles. Uh, they're, they're done up in paint schemes with a little bit of design to, to, uh, to, to resemble a character or to, you know, to, have, to have the traits of a character that they're supposed to be. Well, they're actually doing ships, the real actual ships in the fall. So the Millennium Falcon, X-Wings, they're, they're doing specific X-Wings. They're doing like Red 5 and Red 3. They're doing Y-Wings, TIE Fighters. They're doing all this stuff. So um, they're going to be releasing those in the fall. And what's great is they come just like the old micro machines did with the stand that you could like put them on. But these kids can actually wear his rings on their fingers so they can fly them around with just their hand and, and kind of have adventures with them. So I'm looking forward to to those because the, the the they look really cool. The Millennium Falcon looked great that he showed. But I'm also going back and making sure I've got all these Hot Wheels. Uh, I have most of the ones that have been released and just waiting on the next wave to come out and, and hit where I'm at. Uh, looking for the Yoda, and I think I've, I picked up a sand person today as well as the Han and Chewie two-pack and the, and the R2 and 3PO two-pack. But, um, but man, they, it's, it's something I never thought that I would be into. It's something I never thought I would dig, but these Star Wars Hot Wheels are pretty cool. 
Uh, Hasbro conspicuous in their silence. There was some, there were some items shown at the Hasbro booth from the floor. I saw pictures from from the Hasbro booth that someone sent in uh, with some prototypes and that sort of thing, and and some looks at the three and three quarters black series, but nothing that we haven't really seen. And and that's a little bit troublesome because it seems like. Uh, it seems like Hasbro is just kind of pulling back, maybe getting ready to reset completely for The Force Awakens. I need to get into a pitch meeting with someone from Hasbro, though, for their Star Wars property uh, because they're doing it all wrong. When you go to the toy aisle and look and see what Hasbro is offering, the, to me, now now Ryan, from, Ryan Shaw from Dinner for Geeks it, it, it has been critical a little bit of some of their more recent products and you know and that in opinions opinion but to me these six inch figures are amazing they look great they're great molds i'm looking right now at a stormtrooper and uh he just looks really cool he's got a good look about him he looks you know movie authentic um he's got his blaster that he's got in his holder he's got a big long gun and uh and he looks cool he looks great uh i've got a darth maul sitting out that looks great it's it's really cool but their three and th- three quarters inch line has been, to me, very wanting. A lot of people are digging the five points of articulation that have come back in the Saga Legends lines, and and the Rebels line, and I'm cool with that too. I, you know, to me, I I really thought that Hasbro hit their sweet spot with figures with the power of the Jedi line. There was articulation, but it wasn't over articulated. They were. They still had, I think, a way to go on on their work with some of their soft goods versus what they would mold into plastic. But I, I really think their their style of molding and, and and sculpting for the power of the Jedi line is really where they they hit their sweet spot. Stuff that came after that, the the Attack of the Clones line, they they tried to put too many playable features on. So it was like squeeze the legs and the. And then, you know, the, the body swivels or, you know, they're they're stuck in a pose or there's just too much going on with them. When you hit episode three, they tried to kind of make a, <clears throat> they, they, they tried to, to kind of hit a middle ground that didn't quite work out. Um, and then they just kind of went full bore with the 30th anniversary collection and some other stuff, just way overboard with, with articulation. And even in the vintage collection, which I love the vintage collection figures, but they just ended up, some of them are just way too articulated and and it makes them hard to display unless they're on that card. And I love the vintage collection cards. So here's what I would do. I'd sit down on Hasbro to reignite their Star Wars property. In my opinion, this is what's got to happen because what we have seen them do is really try to go the gaming route. And they have tried this over and over again by packing in game pieces with certain figures, by doing dice and having a game you can play with your action figures and that sort of thing. Here's what you do, guys. You get an app developer to develop an app that works almost like the Disney Infinity stuff does, only with your Star Wars figures. And in each figure, you pack them with uh, one of those Q code things that when you download this app, you scan in the Q code and that figure becomes someone who is a playable character in your little game, whether it's like just a puzzle matching game, you know, but all of them might have some different power or something different they bring to the table kind of thing in this game. It could be something as simple as like a Tetris. I play on my phone. I play uh, a game called um, Marvel 
Marvel Puzzle Quest. And all it's got a story. It's very static um, characters, just some art. But basically, you're playing like a uh, uh, a game where you match the different gems. Uh, what's that? Candy Crush kind. Of, it's it's very Candy Crush in its in its gameplay. But with Marvel characters, and, and each one has a different power they'll bring to the table to do something different, you know, when you get it charged up and that sort of thing. Do that with your Star Wars figures and have those Star Wars figures able to be playable in that game. Or if you want to do something more, you know, intricate, then do that. And then you have that free app. You have people buying figures. You also, with that, have like a checklist in the app where collectors can, you know, keep, a, keep track of what they got. And then go back to that vintage card look. Just go back to the vintage card look for for every quit with three or four different lines of figures and have one line of Star Wars three and three quarter inch figures on vintage style cards. Continue on with your six inch black series. They look great, but stay consistent with what you're doing and make sure that your your distribution model is sound on these things. Now, uh, saw Scott talking about it in the chat. He thinks Hasbro may be trying to lash out at Lucasfilm. They need to be careful, you know, just cut them off if you have to, Lucasfilm, and get someone that'll do it right. But Hasbro, quite frankly, has been doing similar stuff with, of course, it's Disney, so they've been doing similar stuff with their Marvel. It just seems like their Marvel stuff has been lackluster. It seems like they hit on something that really could work or does work or, or seems to be working, and because of their distribution model, they end up scrapping it and going back to the drawing board and trying to change things up. So... And, and I feel like it comes down to several things. And I don't know. I'm no business expert. That's the thing. Is I'm, I'm sitting here talking right out of my rear end. Uh, but this is what I see as a consumer. I see that for, for several years now, their distribution model has been less than um, reliable. That there will be months that go by without seeing any new product on shelves and stores. Hasbro said years ago, I heard them in a panel say, let us know. Get in touch with us and let us know which stores. Well, you do that and still nothing changes. And and meanwhile, you see figures that you wanted to collect or that kids want to play with online just skyrocketing in price because they were either very short-packed or they just didn't get distributed somehow in the States. And and so you miss an opportunity as a collector to, to really you value these things and you want them, but at the same time, you don't want to pay $100 for a figure that's two years old that you can find two or three of online. So, um, anyhow, I, I don't mean to, to go off on... I'm just saying that what Mattel has done, though, with the Hasbro, with the with the Hot Wheels, I've seen them readily available in multiple type stores. They're hanging on the pegs. They're there ready to go. I'm seeing I'm seeing the, the turnover be done really well. You know, right next to the Marvel figures, it looks to me like the Star Wars figures are selling a little bit better than the Marvel figures or Marvel cars, but they all look great. It's a, and I feel like that maybe this could be, um, this very well could be Disney testing the waters with Mattel in distribution to see what they're doing. Dylan Newhouse says, I almost want to buy the Hot Wheels just because they're there. They look really neat and they've got play sets with them. You know, it, it tempts me to actually set up, buy these play sets and set up somewhere in the Star Wars room if I can find room for it because they look that good. Um, you know, it's just a great line. The Hot Wheels Star Wars line is really, really cool. Um, 
Moving right along uh, to other stuff, another thing that everyone is really excited about, and I think everyone else is more excited than I am for it, is what they're calling the first of the anthology films, uh, which I think is a really cool, classy way. You know, it's better than standalone or spinoff films. I love the I love the idea of the anthology films. Um, Rogue One. They showed a teaser that had no actors or nothing. I mean, they hadn't even really started filming yet. So they but what they did is they put together some footage, uh, and it's it's a cool concept and a cool visual because you you're you're going through the jungle. It almost feels like a Jurassic Park kind of thing because you're going through this jungle planet, and you hear the voiceover from Obi One. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. And there's kind of a pause. They let it pause. And you see a moon rising overhead in, into the sky. I, literally, you see a, a moon rising, it seems like. And this is and look, quite frank, they, they told everyone... I, I saw a lot of reports on Twitter that they asked people not to bring in cameras and stuff, but someone did sneak in a camera to, to film that teaser. And the moon is the Death Star. <laughs> that's no moon. That's a space station. And it really is awesome. And as I'm talking about it, it's like, whoa, that's amazing. And so Rogue One is going to be about <clears throat> a band of rebel spies striking from a hidden base have stolen the plans to the Death Star, to the Empire's uh, deadliest weapon, the the dreaded Death Star, the armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. We're going to see this ragtag group of rebels steal these plans to beam them to the Tantive Four, where Darth Vader can then go after him and say, several transmissions were beamed to this ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. We're on a diplomatic dimension. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away! Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I do not apologize for my quoting of Star Wars. I do apologize. I don't even. I don't even apologize for the bad impressions. I just say this is what you sign on for when you sign on to listen to Geek Out Loud. That is what I say. I am. I do apologize for my tone of voice. Here's the thing. Uh, Gareth Edwards comes out. He says he's going to put the wars back in Star Wars. Here's my question: When was it gone? Episodes one, two, and three were about wars. Now, episode one, obviously, everyone's like, oh, it's just about trade disputes and outlining territory systems. No, it's not. The Phantom Menace is about the rise of the Sith. It's about the Sith revealing themselves to the Jedi. The Phantom Menace is all about this plan kicking off for Palpatine. He's kicking his plan into high gear for total galactic domination. Attack of the Clones. Yes, there's love story in it and everything, but the last 20, 30 minutes of that movie is nothing but war. Uh, episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, it opens. It opens with a war-torn Coruscant overhead with, with one of the greatest shots in Star Wars. With that long, this war. Star Wars, you know, A New Hope, is all about the Battle of Yavin and the Death Star and, and all this stuff. And there's wars there. It opens up with ships fighting one another. Empire Strikes Back, we get to see the, the war on Hoth. We get to see that Battle of Hoth with, with, with the Empire attacking the rebel base. Return of the Jedi, Mylanta, there's wars there. The animated series, Clone Wars, it's all wars. The animated series, Rebels, we see the Rebel Alliance beginning to form to war against Star Wars. There's the, the, what Gareth Edwards was saying, and this is what I'm just wanting everyone to know. 
what Gareth Edwards was saying is, we're going to make it dark and gritty, what everyone wants Star Wars to be. Uh, he says, no Jedi, you know, to help out. They've always had the Jedi, but now they don't. Um, you know what? And I think it's a good thing. It's going to be a nice change for a Star Wars movie to see a Star Wars property without the Jedi coming into play. But it's nothing to brag about. Because now, you know, and look, I'm very intrigued. They're, these anthology films are going to allow filmmakers to toy with the genre and toy with other genres in the Star Wars universe. In this case, it looks to be a war movie. That's fine. That doesn't mean that it is full on. That doesn't mean that it's everything that Star Wars is. It just means that we're getting to look over to the side and see what happened off camera. And the mythology is not necessarily going to be there. Um, now this does throw my rebels theories out the window. You know, I really thought that this group that we were seeing on rebels would be the rebel spies who managed to steal the plans. And we could see live action versions. What would be really cool is if they're doing kind of a misdirection, there's no Jedi this time. You know, there's no Jedi to come save them. And it'd be really cool to see them do a misdirection where the ghost comes into play and, Kanan shows up and that sort of thing. And I, I think it'd be kind of fun to, to see that realized. But if it's not, it's fine. Uh, you know, it, it's it's fine. Um, and then this whole idea of being more real. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Why? Why do you... I mean, what's what do you mean more real? What do you mean more realistic? What's realistic about you know, war going on in a galaxy far, far away. Um, you know, I, it, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's not, uh, it, it's fine. <laughs> I just, whenever people start talking about more real, my mind goes to the Batman V Superman trailer. I, there it is. I said it. There it is. Fine. Because for everyone, it seems like more real means depressing and dark. And listen, this is going to be the Rebels' first... I'll tell you how it ends. It's in the crawl of, of Star Wars. It's their first victory against the Galactic Empire. This ends on a high note, ladies and gentlemen. There's no sense in being too dark and too depressing. And, you know, go and have fun with Star Wars. Hopefully that's what this is, but the more real makes me feel like we're going to see blood splatter all over. It's going to be rated R. We're going for the rated R Star Wars. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I still got the episode 7 trailer. So. <laughs> Anyhow, Rogue One. A lot of people were excited, and y'all, the teaser is really, really cool. I love the... I love the visual that I could make out from someone who was watching it. I could, um, I could, I could, I, I really thought it would be, um, I, I, I thought it was really cool to see, you know, just the traveling through the jungle and the pan to the sky. And, and, and it's similar to what you see with that Star Destroyer in the Force Awakens teaser, where you think at first, oh, that's a mountain, that's a mountain. And then it's like, oh, that's no moon, that's a space station. So, um, someone's asking for a link. Lisa, I don't know if I can even find a link at this point. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if it might, might have gotten taken down, um, or not. Here, here's one. It appears to be. 
Yeah, and that bad boy is looming like, like hard on the horizon. Here's a link to that real quick. I'll put it in the chat for you guys. And then as it's going out, you hear a bunch of like calm chatter and stuff. And I can't make out someone who was there. If there's someone who was at this panel in the uh, in, in the teaser, um, <laughs> Dylan makes a good point. The panel is all about no Jedi. And the trailer is nothing but a voiceover Jedi talking about the Jedi. I agree. Um, are those, um, are, are those, are those things we see in, um, are, the, are those, do we, is it, is it birds or is it, uh, is it X-wings we're seeing flying that? Cause I can't really make it out. That's if you guys, who, if there was anyone there who was there, that's, that's what I want to know. Um, uh, let me, let me mute the sound here on this thing and, and try to see. Uh, see what I can see here. See what I can see here on this thing here. Right here. That's how you talk in the sound. It's over here. Get out of here. Get away from here. Get. Get. It looks like you're seeing a bunch of birds and stuff as you travel through the foliage of this thing. But then as it pans, yeah, that's a TIE fighter overhead that passes by, I believe. Ship that small gun. got this far into space on its own. It's been part of a convoy and got lost or something. Uh, and then the and then as the Death Star just coming, it's very big on the horizon. Um, it's so it, it's a really cool image. I'm telling you, you know, I'm not trying to dog on the thing. I'm just you know I'm just letting you know. Here are my if I'm being honest, here are my trepidations about it. And so I've said my piece, but it looks really good. Um, Sarah in the chat says my country is showing. That's fine. I've never been ashamed of my southern accent. I feel like the southern drawl is a is a beautiful thing. It's lovely, and it's something that everyone should aspire to. is a is a is a legitimate southern drawl, and not just trying to sound like a redneck. Get out of here! Finally, guys, Celebration London is what's happening next in next July. I don't think I can swing a London trip, but if StarWars.com is going to be covering it. Uh, this the way they did with Celebration Anaheim. Um, I think we should all try to work something special out. I don't know what what that means. I don't know if it means I'm going to host a crew of podcasters here at Casa de Steve, and we'll follow the coverage all week and just do podcasts from the house, um, or if we'll try to get together somewhere and do this stuff. I know that I'll probably be taking those days off of work. Uh, you know, if if they're going to be covering things the way they covered them this time, just so I can do it undistracted. Uh, it's been so much fun watching the coverage and, and watching everything uh, happen. Um, you know, and and so... 
<laughs> Sarah's calling me out. You promised, Scarlet. So, as the force is my witness, I'll never miss another celebration again. Well, here's the thing. I, I've said not a stateside one. I can't swing Europe. Uh, you know, that's just one of those things that's going to be way out of my cost range, and that's fine. I'm, I don't really get upset about missing Celebration Europe's, um, but when it's stateside, and especially, um, you know, knowing that if, if the next one stateside is going to be in Orlando, yeah, I'll be back there. Orlando has become, in recent years, my town. That's my town. So I really dig it down there, and I dig what they do with Celebration down there. I like the Orange County Convention Center. The problem is is that this time around, there were more people than they've ever had before. And I don't know if that just means like with the Reed Pop, with, with Reed Pop doing the conventions, because when they were with Gen Con, uh, there was something, as I recall, I think the total for Saturday with Gen Con, and I don't know if anyone has heard any number totals or anything, but with Gen Con, um, they... Uh, I want to say that Saturday there were like 50,000 people descended upon Indianapolis. Um, Sarah says Atlanta. They already had it set up with Dragon Con. Sarah, I don't know if you've been to Dragon Con or not. They don't have it set up to do cons like this of this size. I would not like to go to Atlanta um, for a con. I'm all about uh, going down and being in the land of the mouse. In Orlando, and it makes sense now, you know, with Disney kind of owning things, and Disney's presence was really felt even through the StarWars.com stuff. Disney's presence was really felt at this con this year. So, um, just looking forward to what's coming down the pipe, guys. I mean, it it only gets better from here, you know, as far as Star Wars is concerned. It, it it's something that. You know, episode seven is something we never thought we'd see, much less everything else that's going on. It's so cool to just think, man, we live in this world. And, and there, there's there been part of me that's like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a little too much Star Wars, guys. Maybe, maybe the Star Wars is a little much. I don't know. I don't know. But at the end of the day, when when we have a weekend like we've had... And again, not even being there, but just just watching the coverage. It just it makes you realize, no, I'm good. I'm good with the way we're doing things. So uh so if Celebration is in London, I'll probably get some gang get some of the gang together, gonna try to get some of the gang together. Or well, I know Celebration's gonna be in London, but may try to get for that, may try to get some of the gang together and really do up some not at celebration coverage super right. Uh, next year, I think it'd be a fun way to do things every evening. Just kind of recap the day as best we can with our contacts. It'll be there, and uh, and, and keep everyone up to speed with what's going on. Hey, don't forget uh, all of our other shows in the Goliverse. I know Geek Out Loud has dominated the scene over the past few days, but everything's coming back. We've got a Mark Out Loud coming this week. Kristen is chomping at the bit to rock out loud, and Disney Vault Talk will be coming back sooner. Then you think it's coming, it's on its way back very soon as Teresa gets back and gets settled back in and recuperates from being uh, out at celebration. Hey, while you're while you're looking for uh, stuff in the Goliverse, check out round three. Uh, it's head over to Geek Out Online or geekoutpodcast.com, and at the top of the page, you'll see subscribe to the Goliverse, and that will give you the iTunes link to round three. 
If you click on the RSS feeds, it'll give you the RSS feeds, not only for round three, but for all of the Goliverse shows. And you can subscribe to them accordingly. We'll probably have another Geek Out Loud later this week because we've got to talk about Batman v Superman trailer. The Fantastic Four trailer has hit a new one. And do I have things to say about that? You better believe it. Uh, continuing coverage of Daredevil, we're gonna—I'm gonna go back and rewatch that show and talk about it an episode at a time. Take a few minutes and in, in goal to talk about it an episode at a time. Uh, it's worth it. It's worth breaking down. New Jurassic uh, World trailer did hit today. Watched it just before uh, we started this show, so it's so much going on, so much happening as we hit summer. We got past the corn coming soon with Eris Schoenweiss, and uh, I'm sure there'll be. More and more talk about Star Wars as we progress more and more and more into the year. If you want to be a part of it, just email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com, and uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're at geekoutloud on Twitter, at Goliverse on Twitter, and I'm at Steve Glosson on Twitter. Facebook.com slash geekoutloud. You can interact with other geeks. Stuff going on over at Facebook.com slash geekoutloud. And if you want to join up with the book club, head over to geekoutonline.com slash reads. Geekoutonline.com slash reads. And that'll take you to the Goodreads page and the Goliverse book club. Join up with us. Have your voice heard for what books we read. This month's book is This Paper World by Guardian of the Goliverse, Jeff Lane. And uh, you want to jump on that and so that when we talk next month about that, you can know what we're talking about. It's good times. We do a book club episode once a month. It's an easy book club to get into. Thanks to everyone who uses the Amazon links to do your Amazon shopping. It helps out the shows tremendously, and we appreciate your support through that. And everyone who supports the show directly, at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Again, a big thank you so much. You can head over that way and support us directly at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. That does wrap it up for us. Uh, until next time, I'm Steve Glosson. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone who joined us live in the chat at mixer.com slash goaliverse. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.